everyone, and welcome to What's Brewing CISFA. What's Brewing CISFA is a podcast produced for the California Community College's Student Financial Aid Administrators Association. I'm your host, Dennis Schrader. I serve as the 2021-2022 CISFA past president. Today is our fourth episode in our group of makeup episodes, and I'm doing to account for being off the air for about two weeks while taking some vacation. So in this short episode, we're going to do a single topic again and get you right into the show here on that topic. So let's start the show. And welcome again, like I said, to a special episode of What's Brewing Ceasefire. Today's topic, as we've talked uh, in the last few episodes about financial aid as a concept, the magic formula, you know, cost of attendance, EFC, and unmet need, and professional judgment, we're on to a topic that I know pretty well. And that is satisfactory academic progress. Why do I know it well? Well, luckily, first of all, when going through school, I was making satisfactory academic progress along the way. So I can say at least I did graduate in a reasonable amount of time. You know, I was a fifth year senior and finishing up. But, you know, you change majors, uh, those type of things will happen. But satisfactory academic progress is more than that. What it is, it's, a, it's one of these financial aid concepts, I'm going to say. So SAP, for short, satisfactory academic progress, in a sense encompasses all the different rules and requirements that we have from the federal government and partially through the state to make sure that our students are making academic progress towards their educational goal. So there's a number of things that we have to take into account in order to make sure that they are meeting these. We have to look at them in both qualitative ways and quantitative ways. Qualitative, think of it in terms of the quality of your grades. For most schools, what that means is looking at a student's grade point average. Are they maintaining a high enough grade point average to be passing their classes and, in a sense, be completing the classes required for their program? So, you know, the old saying of D's get degrees may be slightly true in a sense that a D is a passing grade, but it may not get you a high enough, if you had all D's, a high enough GPA to be allowed to complete your academic program because most schools want to see average a 2.0 or higher and these would give you only a 1.0 gpa compared to those dreaded f's that give you zero points so the quality of the grade so looking at having a grade point average of normally 2.0 or higher now some schools because of the way we can address sap for students or groups of students may mean that we kind of do a a weighted thing where Maybe their first semester, they don't have a 2.0 requirement. Maybe it's slightly lower. But the idea is that by a certain point in their academic career, they're going to need to have that 2.0 to stay on target for the academic requirements of the institution and in order to maintain aid eligibility. Secondly, there's those quantitative measures that we have to take into account. And there really are two here. One is that a student is maintaining a pace of progression that will, again, allow them to complete their program in a reasonable 
amount of time. Most of the time, this is tied directly to what we call our maximum time frame. Somewhere buried deep in the federal rules about financial aid uh, is a concept here that a student has up to 150% of the time or normal amount of time for their program in order to complete it and still be me making academic progress. That's a lot of words kind of scrambled up because I'm sure I could have said it in a more clear way. But here's how this works. If you have an associate degree program, like most community colleges do, and we have lots of them, in general, most of them probably take about 60 units to complete, about 30 units of you know, classes in your actual program, like say administration of justice. So you're taking all the administration of justice classes and maybe about 30 units or so of general electives and other uh, requirements, you know, your general education requirements. But in a sense, that program requires 60 units to complete. Accounting for a variety of things, you know, whether it's a failed class, a repeated class, uh, you know, for whatever reason, a student had to withdraw from something or even a change of major. The federal government understands not everyone's going to complete every program exactly within 100% of the number of units required for that program. So telling a student that they had to complete an associate degree that requires 60 units by only taking 60 units might be, you know, a little crazy. So instead, the federal government gives us 150% as that maximum time frame allowed that we can allow students to take and complete their program. So that means that student in that program really has up to 90 units they can attempt in order to complete their program. For most students, this will keep them on track and also allow them to complete in a reasonable period of time. Again, you change your major, that accounts for a few more units at the end of your academic time being over that 60-unit point. Fail a few classes, have to repeat them, same thing. But for those students who get to 90 and are still not completing their programs, in a sense, they're not making academic progress and will probably be disqualified from aid. This ties back in to pace of progression. And how so? Well, in a sense, if you think about it, if you have 150% of your normal time frame uh, to complete your program, as long as you're passing two-thirds or the inverse of 150%, at least successfully completing two-thirds of all the units you take, you should stay on target. How so is that? Again, for example, let's just go with these maximum numbers. If, you're, if you've completed two-thirds of 90 attempted units, you should have 60 units completed. And if so, if the math is done right, you hopefully have completed your academic program. So you can see this is probably an area where students get caught because for some reason they're not completing at a high enough percentage on a semester-to-semester basis, and thus they get to 90 units and they still have a number of classes to go. So we tie all this in and we have to track for financial aid purposes as a federal requirement that a student is making academic progress. Now, how every school does it, there will be some differences. But in general, for most of us, we look at it at the end of every semester. And so we see what is your cumulative GPA. We look at cumulatively 
how many units have you successfully completed compared to how many you attempted? And if you're not meeting the requirements on those two, and for most schools, it might be 2.0 GPA and 67%, which would be the approximation of two-thirds, uh, successfully completed. If you're not meeting those, you may be placed on a warning status for most schools. This is how most schools do it. And you remain aid eligible. <laughs> Sorry about that uh, snort there. But yes, you, uh, you would remain eligible for the next semester. But at the end of the next semester, if you're still not up to standard, it could be that the student becomes disqualified. When it comes to maximum time frame, again, we're tracking that too, because we know what kind of program the student's in. Our computer system will say, this student is doing a associate degree in child development. And we know, again, approximate number of 60 units. Thus, we're looking at 90 units as that cutoff for eligibility. Now, most schools will probably send some communications along the way, though, like maybe when they're about halfway through or getting closer to, you know, three quarters of the way through their attempted number of units allowed to remind them to stay on target. And if they are not on target to see their academic counselor, but students will be properly informed about their status, usually at the end of every semester. Some schools may only do it once a year, but that's kind of rare because there's some certain things in the SAP requirements from the federal government that give us a little more flexibility if we're doing it every given semester where we can give them that semester warning and keep them on aid eligibility. And then afterwards, you know, if worst case get disqualified when, when you only do it once a year, it's basically you're either eligible or ineligible. You don't get to give them some of these warning status type of things. So we've got these rules most schools relatively similar from one school to another. And in cases of community college districts, you'll find the same rule at hopefully every college within that district. So I work in the Los Angeles Community College District, nine schools. And for simplicity purposes, and again, because it is a district, we make it easy. So the rules apply for all the units ever attempted within the district. So if a student kind of goes around from school to school, which sometimes they do because of just purely class offerings, and they've got units at my school and another school and another school, we're looking at, again, income com combination. Are they meeting GPA, pace of progression, and looking at maximum time frame? So it's not like a student could do 90 units at five different schools in my district and still be making progress. Because in a sense, that'd be hundreds and hundreds of units. We're looking at for their academic program, based upon all their academic information in our district, are they making progress? So occasionally, yes, you do have those students who have hundreds and hundreds of units, and you have to look at those specific cases. And talking about those specific cases, what do we do when a student's not making academic progress? Well, they do get disqualified. Now, this is for most federal and state aid programs. There's some exceptions. For example, what we used to call the fee waiver, the Board of Governors fee waiver, which turned into the California College Promise Grant. New name, same idea. That program is exempt from our normal federal SAP rules. It has its own SAP standards that the college uses to determine whether a student's 
allowed to even be at the college taking classes, what we call our academic probation and academic dismissal uh, standards at the college. But everything else pretty much falls under federal SAP rules. But certainly, of course, like any college, we have students who just are not meeting the requirements. So what do we do? Most, if not all of us, and I'm, I can't think of a school I know that doesn't do this, has a petition process for the student. And that petition process would allow the student to make their explanation of what's gone wrong. So in the case of a GPA or low pace of progression, not passing enough units every semester, there's probably some kind of issue or issues, probably, not always, though, outside of the student's control that have affected that student's ability to successfully complete their classes. And on top of that, we'll want to know how has the student resolved those issues? Because if they haven't resolved it, it sounds like to me, at least, that they cannot be expected to complete a higher percentage of units or raise their GPA if they still have the same things lingering on all the time and have not found a way to address those issues. In the case of the time frame, those students who have gone past that 150% point, usually the explanation is a little more straightforward. Now, again, it could be academic progress-related issues as far as not passing enough classes and thus making lots of repeats of classes. It could be a change of major. You know, you change your major after two or three classes at start, after starting at a school. You know, that's not a big effect. But if you get deep into your major and then you switch to something completely different, that certainly could be a reason why you have a whole lot of units that are not useful anymore. They're not applicable to your new degree program, and thus you are certainly going to go over that maximum time frame, 150% point. But again, we're looking for a student to explain their circumstances. Similar to PJ, we cannot just make a class of students eligible for continuation in uh, under SAP standards just because we feel bad for them or whatever. We, uh, you know, as a group of students, you know, we can account for things like, again, if we had a associate degree that required 80 units, we could certainly adjust that 150% point to account for that, knowing that those students already have way over the normal standard 60 units to complete their program. But it also works the other way, too. We have certificate programs that may only require 20 or 22 units. We just can't give them the same 150% a point as a associate degree program because that could be three times the normal number of units uh, compared to that certificate program. So there's some intricacies to this. But we do have under federal rules the ability to do these petitions and approve them and then hopefully get them back on target. And so it's one of these areas here that I know my office in particular works deeply with academic counseling and all the other departments on campus that have academic counselors. Because usually we want the student to talk with their academic counselor to figure out how to resolve the issue, how to get back on track, and especially for those at that maximum time frame thing, how to make sure we're down to the point we're only going to be taking the classes we really need to complete this program and get out the door and, again, maybe transfer or get right into the workforce. So we're there to help students but we do have to make sure they're making progress along the way. Now, this is a topic that we can certainly go on quite a bit with, but we're not going to today because there's some you know, intricacies to this 
uh, beyond just what I've talked about today. But let's save that maybe for a later episode in this run on What's Brewing Cisfa. So I want to thank you for tuning into the show. Keep in mind, What's Brewing Cisfa is a production of Studio 1051, a creative collaboration of me and Dana Yarbrough. This has been episode number 187, recorded Friday, May 27th, 2022. Everybody, have a great day.